0: Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you, and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and his love for you. It was in June that we began this sermon series called The Greatest Stories Ever Told, The Parables of Jesus. And so for the last three months plus, we've worked our way through a number of those parables. We haven't hit them all. But there needs to be a time when it comes to an end, and that's today. And so I pray that maybe this has been a helpful time for you. Maybe you've gotten some new insights into some of the parables that Jesus told. I have, I know, as I've had to prepare for them and things that I hadn't seen before. And we said at the beginning, why did he tell parables? Why? Why? Because people remember stories better than facts and figures and things like that. And he told the parables just to teach these truths about God's kingdom and the ways of God so that we'd have a little better understanding. But because he told them 2,000 years ago to people that lived in a different kind of society than we live today, that's why we have to kind of dissect them a little bit and hopefully get at some of that original meaning that he had as well. So today's parable. Obviously, Paul just read it. It's called the parable of the lost sheep, okay? And I want you to remember two words. If you remember two words from my sermon today, the two I'd like you to remember, that is, uh, then you're going to be in good shape, okay? So let's dig into this. The question I want to ask you this morning is, how much are you worth? Do not answer this out loud. I'm not looking for kind of that uh, you know, how much is in your IRA and savings account, and how much equity do you have in your house? That's not the answer I'm looking for. But how much are you worth? Okay, think about that. A few years ago, I mentioned in one of my sermons, and I, didn't, I, I forgot to double-check if it's changed, but you know, scientists have studied that if my body, your body was broken down in the different elements that make us up, uh, you know, could be purchased or sold we're worth about three dollars and fifty cents. How much are you worth? Different calculation i'm talking about, okay How much are you worth? Is this a lot of money? Ten million a lot of money, right? Don't raise your hands again, but is anybody worth that? If so, please call. We'll talk about a very nice donation. Um, You're worth $10 million. Did you know that? You are. Let me explain how. I didn't didn't know this until prepping for this sermon. I, I knew aspects of it. But our government does calculations to make decisions about policy implementation or regulations based on this number now. The number that was used in 1982 was 300,000. So let me just give you an example. Uh, I I got this from an interview from it was a written transcript of an interview on NPR with Economists who had been involved in calculations like this. I think one of them was at the University of Michigan I forget the other places by the way if you line economists up end-to-end you don't reach a conclusion, but that's just an aside Back in 1982 the question was should OSHA require labels on things that have hazardous chemicals. And a calculation was made that the human life was worth $300,000 at that time. And it was basically based on what does it cost society if somebody dies? And the number was 300000 And so, back then they said, well, if, if, these, if the right labeling takes place, about 4,200 lives would be saved, and so you multiply 300,000 times 4,200, and you get to 1.5 billion or something like that. But they had also done the calculations to say it's going to cost 2.5 billion to do this, and so it's not worth it to do that. Now, you may not believe that, but that is how it happened. Now, I, I'm going to tell a personal story briefly. I worked on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., for a United States Senator, and he was a member of the United States Senate Appropriations Committee. That's the committee that decides where the money goes. And when you're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars, that's a very powerful committee. He also sat on the subcommittee that dealt with defense issues, the Defense Department, which is a big chunk of those, all those billions, right? One day, I, I, I can't remember if it was the Secretary of Defense or some of the top generals were testifying before the subcommittee on the need, I think at the time, to build the stealth bomber. And my, the senator I work for asked the question, if we build it, how much will it cost the Soviet Union to defend against it? It wasn't a calculation based purely on, you know, can we win a war? but if we build this how much will they have to spend in order to defend against it and the answer was it's going to wreak havoc with their economy and so the decisions aren't always built on will this bomber take them out but rather will this bomber hurt their economy who does that hurt lots of people okay that's I'm just trying to set this up all right so to me that as a younger person at that time a lot younger I was like oh my gosh these decisions aren't made based on fighting they're made on economic decisions well it's still happening today Okay, that number of three hundred thousand was bumped up because you know economists started looking at it, and um, and it was EPA regulations under the first uh, under the second George Bush presidency that started changing the number, and so eventually it creeped up to say it's three million dollars. The current number is ten million. Now, I am not here to argue politics or anything like that, but just listen for a second. Some of the decisions on whether to shut down the economy or not were based on that number. Because the number was, if we lose 2 million people to COVID and each person's worth 10 million dollars, what's the effect to the economy? 2 trillion or 20 trillion, I mean whatever, trillions of dollars. And if we don't do it, it's going to cost this, and so we either do or don't based on $10 million that you're worth. Okay? Pastor Scott, what in the world does that have to do with this? Glad you asked. Glad you asked, because we're talking about the parable of the lost sheep. The parable of the lost sheep. Jesus tells the story to the people that are gathered around him in order to paint a picture of what things are like in God's kingdom, right? And he tells this story about these, this shepherd who's got a hundred sheep. And 99 of them are just fine, but one of them is what? Lost. And the shepherd went after the one that was lost. Why? Because the one that was lost was... Worth it. Those are the two words I want you to remember today. The one that was lost was worth it. Jesus wasn't using government calculations, he wasn't using our economics and all that kind of stuff, if you will. He was using, as an example, this story to say, What are you worth to God? And the answer is, You're worth everything to Him. And this parable plays that out. I want to dig into that a little bit more, but first I want to ask you this question. What about the other 99 sheep? Right? People say, well, he just left them behind and he goes after the lost one. What about those 99? Jesus knew the Torah. He knew the teachings um, in the Old Testament scriptures as we know them today. He was God, so he also knew God's heart, obviously. But things like this in the Old Testament from Deuteronomy 31, where it says, be strong and courageous, kind of like the song we sang at the end there. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. Read the last part with me. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you think the shepherd forsook the 99? No, he didn't. Because he knew they were okay. He knew that he had them. They were going to be fine. But there was one who was missing, who was lost. And Jesus is saying that to God, that one who is lost is what? Worth it. Worth it. I read a story in the news. There was a fire in February of this year in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I believe the gentleman's name was Phil Wickham. I hope I'm getting that right. But Phil Wickham and his wife and four kids and their dog lived in a house. This is not the house. It's just a representative picture of it. Obviously, there was a fire. And the fire started around 11 at night, so somebody wasn't fully asleep yet, thankfully. And they realized what was happening. All the kids slept in the basement, Okay, and. Phil got outside and, you know, kind of doing a head count and all of that, and realized that he wasn't seeing his daughter Dixie. What do you think Phil did? He ran back inside. Why? Because she was worth it. Absolutely. He left the other three kids. He left his wife. He left the dog. To go back and find the one that was unaccounted for because she was worth it. So, I mean, I get that story. I think, I I pray I do the same thing. I think that's our inclination, right? If somebody's lost, if somebody's unaccounted for, we're going to go find them. Because we care about them. They're worth it to us. Phil didn't know that Dixie had made it out. And she was outside. Uh, Phil went in. He's looking for her because he didn't know she would made it out. Now, he made it out too. I'll just to let you know. He's, he, he was safe, but he had a long beard prior to going in. Came out with much less of a beard. Suffered some burns, etc. Uh, but he made it out. But here's what Dixie said. He went back inside. Because he didn't think I was out. Let me ask you a question. How lost is too lost? How lost is too lost? Here's where that's coming from. I think there are a lot of people who think they're too lost for God. They've done something or some things or continue to do something or some things, and they think that there's no way God would value them. And I'm here to tell you this morning, this parable says otherwise, because there is no one who is too lost for God. No one. If you were in church on the 4th of July, Pastor Ray Reeder was here. Remember Pastor Ray from the Biker Church? He was a drug dealer. Did some pretty bad stuff. Was he too lost for God? No. He wasn't. And because God was on the hunt for Pastor Ray... And brought him back, now Pastor Ray's, on the hunt for some of those other people that are lost like he was, to bring them back, because nobody's too lost for God. Nobody is. What does the Bible say about your worth to God? Is it $10 million? No. What does the Bible say? Galatians 3.13, the Amplified Version says, Christ, Jesus Christ, purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. He, what? Purchased your freedom and redeemed you. That's, those are transactional terms. You were worth it. He decided that he was going to pay whatever the price needed to be for you because you're, what? Worth it. I want you to remember those two words. Are you getting that? You were worth it. Paul in Colossians 1 said, The Son did what? Paid for your sins. And in Him you have forgiveness. Because you're never too lost for God. Never too lost for Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, Paul says, Because you were what? Bought by God for a price because you're worth it. Jesus thought you were worth it. I've told this story, I believe, once before, so forgive me if you remember it <laughs> and say you're repeating yourself, but it needs to be said, I think, again. Before I met my wife, Debbie, um, I was in seminary studying to become a pastor, and There was a woman who we just had dinner and stuff. We weren't dating, but you know, somebody to have dinner with and and that she came over one I think it was a Saturday night and she was crying. We're gonna go out for dinner. She was crying. And I said, What's wrong? She said, My uncle died and went to hell. I said, Well, I'm very sorry to hear your uncle passed away. I said, if I may, how do you know he went to hell? And she said, well, he was lost. Meaning, did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's possible that the God who created all of this in the last nanosecond of your uncle's life as we know it, was still after him, to bring him onto God's self?" And her answer was, no. I said, then we believe in different gods. Because I don't believe anybody's too lost for God. And I believe by what Jesus says and what he teaches, that God is constantly, 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 constantly on the outlook, on the march, looking for who? The lost sheep. Until he finds them, picks them up, and carries them home. You are never too lost for God. You know what? I also think all of us are the lost sheep at times, (laughs) Anybody there with me? Have you ever gotten lost, even after you've been found? No. And God's always there wanting to bring us back in. Because that's the kind of God he is. The kind of God who would become one of us and pay the ultimate price on the cross, knowing exactly what he was going to be going through, knowing exactly the kind of burden and pain and suffering and all of that that he was going to do. Why? Because he knows and believes. What? That you are worth it. And so is that son or that daughter That parent or grandparent, that aunt or uncle, that child, that co-worker, so are they. And so if they're lost, keep praying for them, keep loving them, keep caring for them, because God's not done with them yet, because they're worth it. Let's pray. Lord, wow. Sometimes we focus on the 99 and say, why did you leave (laughs) them? But you didn't. You already had them. But you went after the one, just like you've come after us, because you deem us to be worth it. Sometimes we think we're worthless. But that's not how you view us. You've saved us. You've brought us home. You've redeemed us. You've paid the price. You've done all of that. Lord, even though we're the chief of sinners at times, you find us and bring us home again. And so, Lord, today, thank you. Thank you for who you are and how you love. And help us. Help us, Lord. Not to pat ourselves on the back because we're worth it, but just to know that we can relax because you know we're worth it. Help us to love you. Help us to love others. And help us to make a difference. And we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And Again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a